I've got the Beckham's address, as you do, by the way. You just got that in your back pocket. And um, he's like, we should send them a box. Definitely believe that if you don't want that and you do want to have your cake and eat it, you can do that. Hello and welcome to Do Mind, a podcast taking a fresh and proactive look at mental well-being. We're talking to people about their approach to their own mental health, looking at what it takes to maintain this in a positive way, and not viewing mental health as something that only happens when we reach those seismic breaking points. Whether this is practicing meditation, enjoying a healthier relationship with technology, exercising, spending more time in nature, cooking or time with family, we're talking about what it takes to find and maintain a happy mind. And what does that even mean? How does it make us feel and how does that change our lives? Our guests are entrepreneurs, wellness experts, politicians and musicians. Different worlds, but all willing to talk openly and honestly about something that has previously been overlooked. Today in their beautiful offices, we're chatting to Miles Hopper, one of the founders of Mindful Chef, which you'll know as a healthy recipe box delivery service. The company's been around since 2015 and it boasts celebrity fans such as Victoria Pendleton, Andy Murray and the Beckhams. If you want to eat like the A-list do, then get yourself a Mindful Chef box. Miles is a keen sportsman, he loves the outdoors and he believes deeply in the importance of mindful healthy food to maintaining a healthy body and a healthy mind. We talk a lot in this episode about the importance of maintaining mental strength as an entrepreneur, how getting out into nature can make everything feel better and how he's coping with a young baby whilst running Mindful Chef. Cool. Miles, thank you so much for being here today and chatting to me. Thank you very much for having me. You are the founder of Mindful Chef, which is a wonderful, healthy delivery box service. You've also got some beautiful branding, by the way. I'm a big fan of all your branding. (laughs) Um, And some celebrity backers, but we'll come on to that a bit more later. So you obviously believe strongly in the importance of food and nutrition to maintaining a healthy body. But today I'm also really interested to hear your thoughts on maintaining a healthy and strong mind, which is super important to running your own business. So I wanted to start this chat with an easy one to warm things up. This morning, what was the first thing that popped into your mind when you woke up? The first thing that popped into my mind, it was probably the scratching from the cot next door of my eight-month-old daughter, uh, Sienna, yeah, so um, I actually popped through there to um, pick her up, which is always sort of the best way to start the day. She's pretty good, she'll she'll sleep through the night, so we're quite lucky, and then... Um, at eight months? Yeah, at eight months. She's been doing it actually for quite a while, so we're very lucky. You've got um, the winning baby. The winning baby, I found her, I found that <laughs> one. Um, so yeah, so that's a, an awesome way to sort of start the day is just see a little smiling face beaming up at you. And what time was that? What time did she get was that, up? That was seven, so yeah. So ideal, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. So you start the day with your lovely baby Sienna and then what does a, the rest of a day in the day of founder of Mindful Chef look like? How involved are you in running the business? You know, what time do you start? What time do you stop? Are you on the go all the time? Are you sure. in the office in front of a computer? Yeah, so my typical day, um, obviously... I wake up with Sienna, it's great because I'm only about 20 minutes away from the office, um, so I'll have about an hour, 45 minutes with her, where I'll sort of, I have breakfast, um, think about what, a couple of things I want to get from the day, and then I'll play around with Sienna and then hop on my bike, cycle into the office, um, where probably one of the other sort of three co-founders, myself, Rob and Giles, will be, and then we'll sort of 
you know, have a quick strategy meeting. What do we want from the day? Anything pressing sort of matters. And then wait for the rest of the team to turn up. And, and you know, it used to just be us three. And now we've got 12 other people in the sort of head office. So things have changed quite a bit. But we're lucky in, you know, we've instilled that culture of um, very much a sort of health and wellness lifestyle that we want our business to be. There's no point in being involved in your own business if you can't enjoy it. So mm. a typical day for me is, you know, I'll, I'll either be strategizing on marketing with Giles um, behind the computer, or I might be out meeting part, one of our like, partners, cooking up and tasting recipes in the kitchen, probably the best part what of the day. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and then we're lucky because we're only about a two minute walk from our gym so every lunchtime or just after lunch we'll be heading to the gym probably about three or four of us train together and then come back in the afternoon to either help out some custom services plan what the rest of the uh, week might be or either meeting really interesting new people like yourself oh, and doing nice. some podcasts <laughs> <laughs> and what time does the day go on till normally it really varies. Um, so I like to try and get out of the office by about half five. Um, so it's, I, it's not a really long day sort of sat behind the computer. I like to get home, see Sienna, you know, have at least an hour with her before she mm. goes to bed. And then I'll probably be lucky enough to cook one of our meals in the evening. And then, you know, I'll be um, speaking to Claudia or uh, I might be doing some extra work if there's something really pressing that we need to do. But really, I like to try and finish at about half five if possible. And so that sounds super balanced and ideal. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, is it always like that? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, this week we are, we're, we've grown really quickly and we're so busy. A couple of guys are off, you know, Rob's in Australia um, and we've just got loads of meetings. So actually, you know, we're, we're finishing work, going home and Giles and I are probably stepping back online to help out some mm. customer service related stuff or just finish off some marketing plans for future months. It's really grown from it just being us three in a bedroom and just being like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow to agencies or other people saying, oh, I have a deadline, you need to do it. So um, it's not always like that. That's sort of the ideal world. But, you know, majority of the time we try and do that or we at least try and instill that into our employees and the rest of our staff. Because if you're not doing it at the top, then it, it'll never work in the rest of the business. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and it, when you kind of are living that, ideal sort of more balanced life what does a healthy mind mean to you is it kind of being able to focus is it seeing kind of the world in a positive spin for me you know it's it's focus actually I know when I'm I'm kind of on top of things and my brain's in a good place when I'm able to focus and and not jump around doing a million different things at once what does it mean to you I'd agree completely on the focus sort of aspect I think um, when you are able to step back and and sort of be more present as well which is something I struggled with over the years massively you always look especially in a startup like you want to have run your own business you're always looking forward to what's coming up and trying to anticipate the next step but what we're really trying to do more of or I am anyway is try and be in the present appreciate what's going on and then like you say you're able to focus so much better like I know this week with a thousand different things happening that I'm not I haven't been able to just sort of step back a little bit and I know productivity wise that probably hasn't been the best because like you say you actually end up jumping all over the place but if you are able to sort of step back and and be present take a moment to just see what's going on then you can do a lot more I who was I speaking to I can't remember who it was but um the whole sort of just 
take yourself away into another room and just like five deep breaths can really just re and it sounds so simple and so silly but it can really just reset something and it's something I definitely don't do enough of but when I consciously think to do it I'm like oh that's really helped actually there's such a lot of research I think into the power of breath mm. and just you know as you've said taking a few moments to stop shallow breathing deep breathe and suddenly your brain gets the oxygen it needs your body's re-regulated and you know you're a bit more sane again yeah. um so i'm i'm a big big fan of that as well and obviously you've talked about your ideal day and what parts of those days do you do you think contribute towards staying sane is it the exercise being outside you know what's your formula to to maintain a healthy mind it definitely well i mean my background is you know i always been interested in the outdoors played a lot of sports when I was younger you know a lot of rugby hockey football I like surfing so always been a very outdoor person and that that's what led to me being a personal trainer and nutritional coach was I didn't want to be behind a desk every day I like interacting with people speaking to people um, I like making impact on their lives if I can so definitely getting outdoors is one and then the exercise part is is, an, is another big part for me because it's the one time where I can bar maybe taking yourself away and breathing and that side of it is the one time where I can completely focus on one thing that I'm just in the moment of and I don't feel like I have any other things going on like I can forget about work or you know oh did I pick this up for shopping today or am I going there next week or whatever it is I can just be like no I just need to focus on this and you know 45 minutes I'm not going to write a list in my exactly, head while I'm doing yeah, this session exactly it's like okay I'm going to do one more jump or I'm going to you know I'm going to go faster for one one more minute or whatever I'm doing one more rep you know and you're just thinking about that very much in the moment that you don't have those other stresses really you're just like god i've got another birthday i'm gonna finish this you know, <laughs> there's no space in my brain for stress exactly <laughs> okay. yeah, that's it yeah and you talked about not wanting to sit behind a computer and that's how you kind of became a personal trainer which i think you were for about 10 years yeah. but your you know mindful chef obviously relies massively on digital the mm -hmm. internet social media we all know that the reach you can achieve online is huge in comparison to you know reaching people in person as much as that's lovely. But how do you balance that kind of tech? I guess you guys are partially a tech business, you're a food business. Oh yeah, we like to say we're big on the tech business. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how do you balance that with maintaining sanity? You know, are you, what, what's your approach to tech? Yeah, so, I mean, I am behind a desk now. <laughs> uh, luckily, I've actually invested in one of the stand-up ones. They're so meant to be great. Now. Yeah, they are good, actually. They're really good. Everyone in the office is a bit jealous now, so they're like, oh, maybe maybe I will have one, please. Everyone wants one. But, I mean, yes, some of it is behind behind a computer at a desk, you know, uh, helping out with the marketing and all that side. Um, you know, we rely heavily on technology and social media and advertising and that side. And then, you know, luckily we've built some amazing back-end systems that actually manage all our logistics for us um, so in that sense it is very tech heavy but then there's so much more to the business that has really cemented us in the health and wellness industry which are our, our partnerships you know the like of the English Institute of Sport um, you know some of these guys some of the backers like Victoria Pendleton and these guys are, you know it's going out and meeting these guys and setting up the partnerships with the gyms and the studios and the ambassadors we've got some amazing ambassadors so it's building a rapport with these guys and that's 
part of the job that I really enjoy doing and, and sort of my background and, and that's what I do and then you know we've got um, the other part of it is cooking the recipes and all of the content that comes along with that so Giles and I are extremely lucky along with Louisa that we get to get behind the camera quite a lot and cook up some of these amazing recipes and just have fun like that stuff's really easy to do it's not work right you're just turning up cooking and eating delicious chatting food. yeah just <laughs> chatting away so so yes, I'm behind a desk, but there's so many other aspects to my job and avenues that I have to do that it doesn't just feel like I'm constantly sat behind the desk. I'm, it's very rare that I'll I'd be at my chair or stood up thinking, oh no, I've been here for hours now, you know, like what am I doing with myself? It's never like that. So I guess it's about using tech to make your life better so you've got your processes you've got the back-end system which actually makes things much smoother and not letting it control you yeah definitely I mean in a from a business point of view absolutely from a worker point of view it's amazing in some ways and then hellish in others you know like Giles and I we were speaking to his dad and and um, he used to own his own business and you know when he finished at 6 p.m he would go home and that would be it. And nobody, Unless someone faxed him. They well, yeah, or they would it. ring the home phone if it was really, really serious. And, you know, that was it. And now we go home and you might have... I mean, I've turned my email notifications off because I just don't want... To, if it's really important, somebody will get in touch with me and I'll be able to sort it. But, you know, you might have somebody WhatsApping you, emailing you. People are constantly looking at their emails on the way home from work. So it's really hard to disconnect and... And I get that for a lot of people because, you know, they are, it is a very competitive space and they want to do their very best. But now we are so sort of almost a slave to our, mm. to our devices. They're so good in some ways, but in other ways it's really hard. And I think it's kind of all of the conversation around social media is coming out now. So in lots of ways, it's amazing as a business to be able to reach so many people with visual images on Instagram or with your messaging on Facebook but for young people today, I think social media can often be kind of a source of loneliness or isolation or comparison. There's, you know, there's lots of research around, you know, people comparing themselves to these perfect lives on, on social media. Is that something that you have ever struggled with or do you just kind of steer clear of that from a personal level? Um, I don't think comparisons too much. I definitely have friends um, and family who have been like, I've just got rid of Instagram now because... I don't want to keep seeing these pictures of people. They, they actually notice when they get rid of it or bring it back, you know, like, oh God, I should be doing this or I should be better, like these people are doing this. And then they've actually gone, oh my Lord, what, what am I talking about? Like this it's is- It's not real life. Yeah, this is like social media. I need to get off of it again. But I do suppose, you know, we try and show people exactly what goes on. It's not, we, and we always say to people, don't believe necessarily the Instagram filters or whatever. You know, we're not out on supplier videos every day. Um, you know, Giles and I aren't just larking about behind a kitchen the whole time. Now, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, and especially when we go and do talks with people and tell them about the businesses. We, we kind of make that point that although it looks like a lot of fun, there's, you know, a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes. Um, and we try and bring that into our Instagram as well and, and social accounts and show people, you know, this is what's going reality. on. Yeah, like stories yeah. allow you to do that now so much. It's like a little snippet of your day. Mm. And you, obviously, you've built this amazing business around the importance of nutrition and healthy food for your body. Do you think that nutrition has an effect on our minds as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, so we actually released a book. We approached by Penguin to write a book 
last year, um, which we thought we'd never have. We thought maybe five years' time we can chat to a publisher and then got approached by them, which was nice because at this point we're constantly having to tell people about the business and pitch to them instead. And we made it a bit different from your normal recipe book in the sense of it had five chapters on how nutrition can help with sleep, help with stress, help with energy, productivity um, and exercise. So I'm a massive believer in eating the right types of food they can help you, especially with your mind and your well-being and just positive outlook. Now, I'm not saying if you eat like a teriyaki salmon with avocado that, you know, you're going to be on top of the world, but it might be really delicious. <laughs> you might feel pretty good. But rather than eating a load of processed foods and having all these sort of additives and preservatives and things like this that are added in and can actually play a negative effect on certain hormones and the way you feel. So eating good for you sort of real food I think benefits massively and if anything it just negates it stops the negatives from happening from having different other types of food it's like the mood swings you get when you have a sugar high and you're on this massive rush and then the low that I feel afterwards when I've eaten loads of sugar is just so deep it's like god how can food do that to me of course you know of course your, your gut is like your second brain of course it's gonna have an impact exactly it's the same with drinking but you know people drink and then when they're young they're like oh it's fine I'm, I'm invincible I'm not just talking about the hangovers but then as you get a bit older or it certainly happened to me if I had a drink you know sometimes you can actually get quite depressed like afterwards for the day or you start thinking quite negatively and you know food play or drinks play a massive role what you put into your body that yeah, can can certainly just wreak havoc with your mind and I think that the act of cooking as well can be quite therapeutic. Do you find that? Yeah. So it's something we try and get across a lot. And we said, you know, I've already spoken about sort of technology a bit. And, and I think cooking is a great escapism from technology. You know, uh, we currently, everything gets sent out on a recipe card. Um, you can find it online, but we will still always send a recipe card because we just want people to be able to put their phone away and just concentrate for that half an hour, which isn't that long. And if you're following a recipe, you know, that is the one time where you actually have to concentrate a little bit and follow it step by step. So for me, you know, getting involved, looking at all the fresh produce, learning how to cook a bit better and being being in the present and actually seeing what you're doing rather than just watching the TV, cooking as you go and not actually understanding the flavours and everything you put in because that's sort of the whole process of digestion sort of starts when you see the food, you know, and then as you start salivating all of that that starts the digestion process and then it's all the, the sights the smell everything like that so if you can really be present you're going to start understanding more and more like the flavor combinations that go together the certain types of food that you're putting together and how you actually cook them and then you've just got an amazing life skill that you can use for for the rest of your life and pass on to to other people as well and I know from experience, when I'm cooking something and I'm not present, it always tastes worse because I've yeah. always <laughs> missed something or I burn a you bit burn of it. it. Yeah, or exactly. it's, just, it's always crapper. Yeah. So, yeah, I think when you can kind of block out those 30 minutes to just cook and be present, the difference, you can taste the difference. Yeah, you taste the difference and you just learn loads of new skills. I mean, Giles and I, we and Rob, none of us were professional chefs when we started. We were like, how hard can it be cooking? <laughs> Doing a few recipes each week. And then we figured out really far, it was really hard. Um, and that's when we sort of brought in a chef to help us. He's amazing, Louisa. 
But actually, you know, I've gained so many more sort of knife skills. I've learned how to cook food in lots of different ways. And, you know, every single week I'm cooking cooking three or four different dishes that I would never in normal life ever cook. So it's really opened my eyes to different cuisines and flavours and cooking techniques as well, which is great. And we've mentioned that your wonderful recipes are loved by some famous faces. So Victoria Pendleton, <laughs> Andy Murray, I think. And I read somewhere yeah. the Beckhams as well. So yeah, just yeah. A, a casual that's couple jo- of big That's Giles' there. favourite, that one. <laughs> Every time we're on stage, he's like, oh, the Beckhams. So I'm like, stop it. Just stop. <laughs> Why wouldn't you though? You've got to reference that. Yeah, you've got to. So, I mean, that was in our very, that was in our early days, you know, where you have no money and you're just trying to get boxes out to anyone and everyone. And then, um, you know, everyone's working two jobs. And then Giles is like, ah, oh, I've got the Beckham's address, as you do, by the way. You just got that in your back pocket. And um, he's like, we should send them a box. And Rob and I are like, there's no chance that's getting past security. And he's like, well, we'll, we'll send it anyway. So, Drove up there in our Del Boy Trotter van with like Mindful Chef on the side, probably a bumper falling off and um, he left it with security and then we thought nothing of it and then the next day got a, an email from Victoria's agent just saying everyone loved it, they just wonder if you do family boxes and then probably like the next day we had a family box on the website, we were like well, let's just do a family box. So that's the, that's the real Beckham story um, but you know they're not like... They're not, they're not like uh, Victoria Pendleton and Andy Murray who invested in the company. Uh, Victoria's a really good story. She was actually a customer for you know, like six months that we didn't realise she was under a different name. And then when we did our first crowdfunding raise, uh, she just rang up and was like, I love it. I love what you guys stand for. Enjoy, love the recipe. So I want to get involved. So God, that's dreamy. Dreamy, really great endorsement of the product, um, you know, to have somebody of her calibre. Very authentic as well yeah. to have been a totally kind of authentic customer. A customer already yeah. and you know we've met her she's come to supper clubs for us she's um we've gone out and filmed content at her home and she's lovely yes she's great and andy murray victoria pendleton massive sports stars obviously must have nerves of steel have they given you any advice around keeping your nerve mental strength i mean nerves are steel from us i think sending the okay, boxes yeah, and hoping fine. hoping they get there all right um no, I mean, to be honest, I think, you know, Andy's, uh, he's invested, but extremely hands-off. Victoria, she has come to us with suggestions. She's said, have you ever thought about doing this or doing that? Um, and like I said, you know, she's she's come to the supper clubs and chatted us. So we get feedback from, from Victoria, but um, in terms of business-wise or something like that, they have, they're, they're pretty laid back, you know, they're they're not in the driving seat of it. Which is how you want it. Which is exactly how you want it, exactly. <laughs> um, and I think I've read um, in an interview with you in the past that the first 18 months of business were the hardest. And, you know, I can totally subscribe to that. It's, it's a constant struggle. It's a mental... It's it's just holding your nerve. It's, yeah. You're not blinking. Um, what was that period like? And how did you cope? You sound like you've been talking to Giles. <laughs> he's, he's grown some grey hairs and he always tells that story. He's like, oh... I was close to the edge. I was close to the edge. Um, So I was actually thinking earlier and I was looking back and I was saying, God, it it was really, there were times where it was really hard. It was really fun. Um, The most stressful time was uh, probably, we used to do all the packing ourselves in a little warehouse in Ellsfield. And um, every Sunday you would get up at 6am and you'd pack through till 6pm, all the boxes would go. And then you'd go home and you'd do customer service 
And it's the last thing you need when, you know, like a third party courier company has thrown a box over somebody's fence and, you know, it's been delivered to the wrong place. So you're dealing with stressed out and unhappy customers, as they should be as well. Um, And then Monday morning, you're trying to turn up fresh face to go again. And it's, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours. Um, And we were really at our limit then. And, you know, we were doing probably about 800 boxes a week. So much smaller then. Um, And how many are you doing now? So now uh, we do um, about 20,000 meals to customers a week, um, but we have outsourced the packing. So scaling is fine. They actually do it in like half a day. So we're like just crying, like how did it take us so long? But you know, you didn't have the space. You're doing everything on a shoestring. Um, so you've got small warehouses, you're always on top of yourselves just trying to do it. So I think that was the hardest point. And then obviously you don't have lots of staff to help you. So it really was just Rob, myself, Giles. Um, I think we did have Louisa at the time and another girl, Olivia, helping us with some customer service stuff. But um, up until then, it really was just us. And we were doing everything, you know, from Facebook marketing, customer service, PPC, all the online sort of stuff. And then also helping with the operations. So packing the bags, packing the ingredients into bags. And it's not just like a couple of ingredients, you know, it's 10 ingredients, every single bag. Um, and, you know, there's like thousands of ingredients that have to be packed before you actually even get to putting bags into boxes and trying to send them out. And... Um- like it's very refreshing to hear someone talk about something being hard because I think in the world of business and startups it's very often you know I'm killing it everything's amazing everything's very glossy kind of like the Instagram world that we talked about earlier yeah, sure do you think that talking about kind of struggling or you know having periods where you know you're not totally on top of things is still seen as a weakness or do you think that's changing um I think there's a lot of bravado because everyone's it's really weird now. Everyone wants to raise money, right? So it's, it, you're seen as doing really well if you've raised lots of money. And I think it, it's really dependent on business that some businesses just need money to grow. Like you just really need, like our business needs money to grow. Um, but, you know, I think uh, we, somebody was chatting to um, the owner of Tough Mudder, Will, and he was, they said, oh, how much have you raised? And he's like, well, I haven't. And they were like, tapped on the shoulder. They're like, don't worry, you will one day. And he's like, no, no. I'm good, thanks. I've got lots of... I've got a wildly successful business. I've got a wildly successful business and it's all going great. So I do think there's a bravado in people just having to say they're always doing really well because they're always looking for that next opportunity of an investment or something. Um, But I think there's so much to learn from those bad times or, you know, it wasn't as if things were going badly. It's just it was hard. It was hard. And... Actually, I'm really lucky because I've always had two other people to be able to lean on or they've always, you know, they've had me and the other guy. So, you know, when times, excuse me, are hard, you've always got those guys to sort of support you and help you out. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are working on their own and I think they just get to the point where, oh my God, it's really hard, but I keep looking at Instagram or whatever or reading this new blog or listening to this podcast and they're like, how these guys are just killing it the whole time and I'm here not shall I just pack it in and it's like well no just keep working hard and you know you'll get there and I think finding a community in in those sorts of situations when you are an entrepreneur on your own or you know even if you're not an entrepreneur but you're struggling with being overworked or being a bit lost or not having a purpose as soon as you find someone to talk to about it who's struggling with something similar you it feels better yeah I mean we 
so we've done a few talks recently. Giles did one that I, I went and watched actually supported the other week and the um and the amount of people who came up it was a sort of well to do one in London and the amount of people who came up afterwards and were saying oh it was so nice to hear that I'm not the only one struggling or and just asking lots of questions about it which was which was nice and refreshing and also nice that they they could take something from the talk um, because I think there's a lot of talks now like you say there are quite a few people telling everyone oh it was really hard and some people think okay we get it it was hard right but if you can kind of give them something to take away from those talks as well like some points or some things to action then actually you'll make more of a difference and what would that what would those points be from you what would your advice be to other entrepreneurs business people humans in general or to your younger self about just coping uh, so younger self, like me personally, I would just say be more present. Like that's my main one. And I would read more. I, um, you know, when we started Mindful Chef, we read a lot of sort of lean startup books, all of these sorts of things. Just thinking, right, how, how have other people done it? How can we do it? Like, what's the difference? How can we put two and two together? Um, but for other people, I would definitely say... Um, like find someone else not necessarily to go into business with but if you can find a mentor or like you said a community of other entrepreneurs there's lots of them around now like sort of thing groups you can join of other entrepreneurs and, and speaking together and um, then I think you'll have that support system to make it that little bit easier I was really lucky like I say I had Rob and Giles so I just think for people going solely on their own try and find that support network and that's interesting as well. So you three kind of have all been through this very kind of formative experience, like building something out of nothing. Did you all deal with the stress very differently? Uh, yeah, I think we did actually. Giles just got grey. Um, <laughs> this is going to well, be... He will hear this. Yeah, he will hear it. It's all right. Um, I think, I mean, we're all very outdoorsy, so... And we're all from the West Country. And, you know, when I think when things get a little bit too much, then people will either take themselves back to Devon, you know, go and work from there, put things into perspective. You know, it's a lot, the world's a lot bigger than the London bubble. Um, and, you know, I think that's how most of us have coped with it. It's either been, you know, asking for help from one of the others or um, just getting away from the office for a little bit and just, um, yeah, really just putting things into perspective. And do you think it's possible to have it all, all the time? Because a lot of what I think about is, you know, you go through various periods of your life. So the first 18 months of business was like super hard and probably you weren't clocking out of the office at 5.30. It wasn't very balanced. Mm. So do you think kind of in life we just need to view things in stages and, you know, sometimes things are more balanced and maybe you're more mentally fit and you're a bit more strong and then there's other times when you just have to kind of put it to the back of your mind and and get on with it or do you think it's always about trying to maintain balance um so one of my favorite things like sort of mantras i suppose or things is like happiness is a choice you make so and i understand people have bills to pay and they you know they have certain responsibilities and commitments but there's always you always have a choice that you know um for me, it was, yes, okay, I, I, when I was personal training, for example, I would work from 6am in the morning until about 2pm in the afternoon, and that was it. 
you know, and I'd do that four or five days a week and, um, you know, I'd be perfectly happy and then I'd have my whole afternoons off and I would just love it. That's, that's like perfect for me. And then working at Mindful Chef, obviously, um, as you build a business, we didn't realise how big it would get. Um, and sometimes, yeah, you do just have to suck it up and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. But that's a choice that I've made as well. Like, I know I could, at the end of the day, just be like, no. I want to have my cake and eat it, but then now there are other responsibilities at work and things that I'm like, oh, okay, well, actually, I'm going to do this because it's the route I want to go down. But I definitely believe that if you don't want that and you do want to have your cake and eat it, you can do that. You can create your own business. Um, with parameters. That, yeah, and- with parameters that will allow you. Like, it's very rare that I'm, you know, I'm having to work into the the late hours in the evening because that's a choice that I want to make. Um, you know, other other members of staff might not do that. They might want to work later because that's a choice they make and they might wake up a bit later, for example, or something like that. Um, but I definitely think if you set out your perimeters and how you want to live your life, there's no reason now why you can't, especially with, so the positives of technology, especially now that, you know, so many things are online and you don't have to necessarily clock in at nine o'clock and clock out at six you know you can delve in and out you you know most of our guys here if they have a doctor's appointment in the day or they need to run back to do something at home you know they're never stuck at the office thinking oh god i have to use a holiday day here or whatever you know we just give them the responsibility to know that they'll they'll sort their work out and, and they'll be able to do it so it's like having control rather than having something control you i think is quite an important part of feeling mentally strong yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you can, if you can turn it around. I think for so long everyone's just. I think the younger generation are a lot better. Like I, we're both quite young, but even younger, more so now, coming through, having grown up with technology and everything else, and and they question everything. Um, you know, they're just like, well, why can't I have this? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, that they're, they're so used to being able to to um, get it. Not because they're privileged or anything, just because everything is really accessible now. Um, you know, you can just go onto Google, you can order anything straight away. It's not like back in the day where you had to look through an Argos catalogue or something and then you go and shop for it in a week. It's like, oh, I'd like that, so I'm going to have it. So in one sense, that's really good because they go, well, I don't want to work these hours or I don't want to grind myself into the ground. Why can't I work really hard? but also, you know, enjoy all of these other benefits or things that I want to do at the same time, which is, and employers are starting to understand that as well now, right? That's why there's so many more businesses offering telecommuting, job share or um, sabbaticals and and all these sorts of things because they realise that people will work hard and they will get their work done, but they also need to have that work-life balance. And I think there's much more of a conversation happening now around, you know, as I've said before, we talk about, um, physical fitness, nutrition, talk about skincare, and everyone's talking about around mental fitness now. Why do you think there hasn't necessarily been this conversation before, and why do you think it's happening now? Um, I think there are a lot of changes happening, and it's all definitely for the better. Um, you know, it's a massive taboo subject, isn't it? And um, you know, the world just is changing. But women's equality, which is amazing, and in the workplace and everything else, and I think. The same is happening on a level with mental awareness. You know, people are saying, well, actually, I'm just drained. Like, I need to, I need to take a me day or whatever. You know, lots of companies are doing that now. They're like, if you're stressed, just stay at home. Like, that's fine. Um, you know, let yourself recalibrate and then come back. And 
I think the same for mental awareness. It's not everywhere, for sure. There are still lots of businesses where it's seen um, weak to say, and people don't want to broach the subject, just say, you know, I'm really stressed or I am tired or whatever it might be. Um, but I hope, especially with the work that lots of companies and, and people and individuals are doing, um, you know, like Prince Harry and William and Kate, um, uh, one of my friends, Bryony Gordon, she does a really good job of it as well, just bringing way more awareness to mental health and just trying to get people talking about the subject. And I think that's the way forward, right? As soon as everyone starts talking about it, then, it's okay. then we'll start making, yeah, it's, it's okay, right? Um, so you, yeah, I think that's the way. Bryony Gordon's podcast is wonderful. Pardon? Yeah, she's good. She's great. Um, she still hasn't had me on though, so thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me. Maybe we can show her this one yeah, and that's then it, she maybe. might consider it. Um, and we talked a little bit about um, younger generations kind of questioning things, which I think is really good. Um, do you, and obviously you've got little Sienna, so she's kind of going to grow up in this world. Do you think we have a duty to continue this discussion to kind of make things better for the younger generations? And also to, you know, we've got so much knowledge at our fingertips. And I think personally, I think we really need to develop our understanding of the mind. So what are your thoughts on that kind of future generations and, and what we should do? Oh, like I'm 50-50. Well, one side is I'm a bit worried about where tech will go because I just think it's just, it just it's so ingrained now. Like, you know, first it was a phone and, and now it's like you can get your, your Apple Watch or whatever and, you know, they're great. But then if your phone call goes off, it's like ringing or you get like a calendar or message or whatever. So then it's like, well, now you've got two things and your laptop all going off at the same time. So that's worrying. But then on the flip side, I think it opens up so many doors and, and gateways to be able to be, well, you can work from wherever you want in the world. Um, you can work the hours that you want to a degree. Like the amount of friends I, ha the amount of friends I have who are freelancing and, and just, you know, they have their life balance exactly how they want it. Um, so I think that side's really good. And like you say, everyone's um, speaking a lot more about things now. And so for me, I... I can only see it really getting better for, for everyone, you know, people with mental health issues, um, for women especially, so for me that's great with Sienna, like, um, you know, it'll be very different for her growing up as it would have been for my mum or for my grandparents. And you talked a lot about nature and Devon and the outdoors and surfing, is yeah. that your happy place? Like if you had to choose a place that you know is going to kind of ground you and bring you back to a bit of sanity, would that be it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Just getting outside, sort of in, either by a beach, for sure. And if I get hot weather, even better. Not always guaranteed in Cornwall. Um, but otherwise, just outside in, in, the, in the green, you know, like not be um, having buildings around me. I say that as I sit in, in Wandsworth in London. But you know, that again, that's a choice. I, I'm lucky I, I live right next to a big grassy area. So it's good. But you know, the weekends, or whatever, I might you know, we'll drive out somewhere where there aren't as many people or traffic and those sorts of things. And that's where you can sort of just be a lot more present rather than having lots of things going on around you at, at one time. I've been reading a little bit recently about forest healing, which I oh, think yeah? is just a healing process by going and being, in, being a forest. in the forest. Sounds good. I can get on board. I think they're doing, there's a few um schools now so you've got like there's a lot of forest schools for toddlers and things um, my nephew went to one and they just love it so they teach them how to make fires and 
and all about the outdoors and stuff like that. And then I think they have one in, in Cornwall and Newquay. They've got like a the first beach like sort of school type thing. So the the teacher will take all of them out um, for like a beach day every week or a beach class. And, you know, they get to learn about the environment and what's going on there. So, And I think some of the um, most privileged kids in Silicon Valley are now being taught in schools without devices which is kind of along the same sort of lines it's like oh, really there's a there's a fight back isn't there's there? a fight back from the people who have brought us all this tech they're now sending their kids to schools without tech it's a really it's an interesting one because i mean when you are just solely sort of learning with technology you're not necessarily learning everything so you know computers autocorrect they do all the spelling they do all the gr- grammatical um, sort of uh changes that you need so I can I can definitely see why that's happening because actually children aren't learning all of the life skills they need and also they're not learning how to write you know mm. like they're constantly typing um, which is great but if you need to send a letter or you want to write in a journal or, or you whatever have to have a be, conversation with a real human being we have to have a conversation with somebody in person not you know on FaceTime or wherever it might be yeah people are losing a lot of a lot of these skills so I can definitely see why there is a, a small fight back there and other than Bryony Gordon, whose podcast I massively rate as well. Is there anyone that you read or listen to or just kind of look up to in this space of, you know, mental well-being, whatever we want to call it, um, that you would recommend to our listeners? Um, so there's probably two. So uh, sort of podcast-wise, um, I like listening to Tim Ferriss show. Now it's not always about mindfulness um, and mental wellness, but he does have quite a few episodes on there about that. Um, he also has a lot of like sort of uh, content around how to start your day or sort of different tidbits that you can pick up and put into your day which I've used and I think they're great um, but other than that um, I would say Lululemon um, so for me we actually started speaking to them last year and I was always like oh it's a it's a ladies brand it's it's not for me and actually went and met them and um, yeah, just really amazing, positive people who want to help you in any way they can without actually asking for anything ever in return. And I mean, we went away on a weekend with them with um, sort of like 60 other people, sort of all involved in the health and wellness sort of sphere. And we had no idea why we were there. Giles and I were like, we definitely shouldn't be here, but we're coming along because it looks like fun. We got the invite. We got the invite somehow. We got the nod. Probably the wrong address, but we're going anyway. And, and, you know, it was a weekend of uh, yoga, meditation, um, mental well-being, sort of the meditation side Giles and I had never really done before. And we're like, God. Yeah, I need to ask you about that. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Well, at the time we were like, God, I don't know what this is going to be like. People are going to be crying and hugging each other and... And actually, um, we came away from the weekend. Like you said about the breathing earlier, it's like that sort of side with the yoga and the meditation. Um, you know, Giles and I were like the most relaxed people in the world when we came back. And, you know, the whole point of the weekend was just them saying, we think you guys are doing an awesome job and you're probably so busy, nobody ever says thank you. So they're like, we're just saying thank you. And you know, like this is the, these are the type of people you're dealing with. You're like, oh, what's going on here? Who are these lovely the people? Catch? Yeah, what's the catch? What do you want? And, um, but they do some like really good stuff. So they basically taught me about meditation and sort of I was always like, no, 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 it's not for me. And actually when I got into it, I was like, wow, this is actually really good. But I'm, I'm really into this now. And they have some great sort of um, recorded meditative 
practices all over their website um, and do a lot of work around just breathing and you know they that's what they promote a lot of the time they're like just step back be present um, and just really positive so even though it's a brand they are definitely people behind the brand and all of the people I've ever met who work there are genuinely like what you see is what you get um, so yeah I'd recommend some of So do you meditate now? I do actually meditate, yeah. I don't do it, I'm not religiously doing it, um, but I will try and do it like once a week. So should definitely probably try and do more. But it's hard with the screaming baby in the room next to you. <laughs> You've um, got to teach her to meditate. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Um, but uh, it is, I, I, yeah, like I said, I can't harp on about it enough. Like, I know when I came back from that weekend... But I was a much better person having done all of that and I felt much better, you know, and way more positive um, sort of outlook on life as well. Do you use an app or a particular technique or do you just kind of, do you know now a bit what you're doing? Um, yeah, they were quite good because they were like, don't worry, if you can't get into like a meditative state, you'll constantly be in and out, which I think a lot of people think... I'm not doing it right because I'm not like... Which then adds to the frustration yeah, and the stress. Yeah, so always thinking. And it's not really like that. So, um, so no, I'm not a pro and I can't just sit there and just like necessarily do it. But I think you can just do it on your own and just relax and, you know, try and get into it. Um, but then again, uh, I have used Headspace before. Um, I think that's pretty good. Um, like I said, Lululemon have sort of their coaches on there um a woman called daniella she's amazing um so i think yeah you just use so find one that works for you and you know just try and use that well on that note thank you so much um that's it from me so thanks for coming at all. thank you very much for having me yeah thank you bye thank you for listening to do mind as we take a fresh and proactive look at mental well-being Please subscribe to the podcast on your listening platform of choice. And for more information or to get in touch with us, please visit domind.co. We'd love to hear from you.